Orbiter X. Episode 1, The First Step to the Stars. early Sputnik era has passed into history, and science rushes on towards the infinite. Man himself is making his first ventures into space. His road to the stars lies by way of a manned space station, an artificial satellite yet to be completed. Its component pieces have been rocketed into orbit. Now they float in cluster, awaiting assembly by the space pioneers who must work a thousand miles above the surface of the Earth. At Woomera, headquarters of the Commonwealth Space Project, the first assembly crew prepare for takeoff. Their ship, Orbiter One, commanded by Captain Jack Bradley, stands poised on the launching platform. In HQ Central Control, the Commandant, Colonel Benham Kent, is giving final clearance instructions. At his elbow, Captain Bob Britton calls the countdown of the last vital moments to takeoff. Sixty seconds to zero. Sound the final warning on the launching platform? Yes, sir. Control calling Orbiter 1. Check your stabilizers. Orbiter 1 answering you, Control. Stabilizers correct. Gyro spinning. 2,000 revs. Steady. Open the launching ramp. <laughs> Hello, Orbiter 1. Check your fuel taps and stage 1 compression. Taps open. Four-fifths compression. Rising. Zero minus 30. All clear on the platform? All clear, sir. Hello, Control. Stage 1 compression. Nine-tenths maximum. Excellent. Combustion chambers are opening. She's blowing fire. Check thrust level for takeoff. All jets firing and balance, sir. Good. Hello, Orbiter One. Stand by for normal takeoff. No deviation from predicted course. All's well. Good luck to you. Thank you, Control. Zero minus ten. Nine, eight, seven. She's lifting. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Orbiter away! Tracker report, please. Yes, sir. The ship's line of flight and rate of ascent are still as predicted. Bearing now XQ5 TK74. Well done. Captain Britton. Sir. Ah, Bob, you must have been rather disappointed that you didn't take the first assembly crew. Yes, I was, Colonel Kent. Still, that's just the luck of the draw. Never mind. Your turn tomorrow. That's right. I can hardly wait for it now. I gather your co-pilot, Captain McClellan, is keen to get on with the job as well. Oh, my word. It's the moment we've both been waiting for ever since we got our transfer from the RAF. And your flight engineer, the ex-submariner? Chief Petty Officer Hicks. <laughs> He's a good chap. Determined to keep us all shipshape in Bristol fashion. <laughs> Orbiter 1 coming through on RT, sir. Good. Hello, Control. Orbiter 1 calling CSP Control. Are you receiving me? Repeat, are you receiving Hello, Orbiter 1. Orbiter 1, this is CSP, Woomera Control, answering you. 
Your signal has faded. There is strong interference. Keep sending. Can you hear me, CSB? Yes, but your signal is very weak. Keep sending. Hello, hello. Orbiter 1, warning control. He's obviously not getting us at all. Uh, Control Officer Brown, try calling him on WT and warn the ground tracking stations that he's entered a zone of electrical disturbance at altitude 950 plus. Okay, sir. Central monitor reporting interference and distortion on the main tracking screen, sir. First we lose sound and then the vision. Look at the picture, Bob. Have you ever seen a pattern of interference like that before? No, I can't say I have. I'll see if I can raise it myself. Turn the RT right up. The interference limiter isn't helping very much. No, it's most unusual. All tracking stations confirm loss of image, sir. Too bad. Calling CSP. Quiet, quiet. Listen, everybody. Can you hear me? Calling CSP. Woomera. It's Brad. Hello, Orbiter 1. Brad, this is Woomera Control answering you. We are receiving, but your signals are very weak and intermittent. Seem to be cut off, but I'll keep talking and hope you are receiving. The starboard jets are completely smashed, and we are all Starboard jet smashed? Yes. I'm afraid this is going to be difficult, and the interference doesn't help. Direction finders have got his position. It's coming through the computer now, sir. Good. Project it straight onto the astral wall chart. Yes, sir. You should see the ship's position indicated by a point of light. There. There it is. Yes. It puts him at an altitude of a thousand miles, almost directly above Starbuck Island at the Mid-Pacific. He's now in free orbit, just like a Sputnik, so the next radio fix will help us to work out his speed and course. Thank you, Projection. It's possible, say, he could be somewhere over us here again within about two hours. If I took off with my ship, I might be able to intercept him. That's an idea, Bob. Yes, and it might work. But you'd have no guidance from the ground tracking stations, not unless the interference clears. Yes, but perhaps I could climb over it and pick him up on the ship's radar. It's an outside chance, but... Yes, I think it's worth trying. We'd line up your ship for emergency takeoff. Thank you, sir. In case you're needed. Yes, of course. I'll warn McClelland and Hickey to stand by. Yes, sort them out and bring them here as soon as you can. Very good, sir. I'll be right back. There seems to be quite a panic going on in the control room, Bob. Yes, Mac. I think we're in business. Well, we'll soon know. Come on, come on in. And you, Hickey. All right, sir. Over here, all of you. Right, sir. Uh, Hicks, one sir, sir. I'm afraid I've got some bad news, Bob. Oh, what's that, sir? I just had another message from Bradley. You'll better hear the recording. I've got it on tape. Now, listen carefully. There's still a lot of mush. Mush is bad, isn't it? Quiet, yes, quiet. Hear me, Control, but I'll carry on talking. Hope for the best. We can't locate that second fracture in the hull. The bulkheads are closed, but we're still losing pressure. Everything happens at once. We had no warning. Sorry about poor Carter. Didn't have a chance. Better not tell his wife. And that was all. Bad luck about Carter. What can have happened to him? Your guess is as good as mine. Oh, poor fellow. Did all your courses with him, didn't you, Hickey? Yes, I did. He had uh, two children? Yes, the same as me. Uh, about the same age. Well, we still don't know what has happened, and the minister has agreed not to release any information at this stage. It might lead to a big scare about attacks by UFOs. And you know the public reaction to anything to do with unidentified flying objects. Yes. 
particularly in view of all the reports about him since we launched the space station components for Orbiter X. Exactly. Uh, when do we take off, sir? The computer is working everything out now. All the information will be fed into your automatic pilot. We can put you reasonably close to Bradley's ship, but the final operation will be up to you. Your job is to save the survivors, but don't take unnecessary risks. We don't want to lose you. We'll watch our steps, sir. Any questions? It's a tough assignment. You'll be out on your own when you hit the interference belt. If any of you wish to stand down, it isn't too late. We'd like to carry on, sir. All right. You can get down to the launching platform and board your machine. You've only to check procedure on the first stage of your trip. But keep a grip on yourselves. You know the psychological dangers of weightlessness. Yes, we know, sir. And you've still got a lot to learn. Off with you, then. And all the very best. Check your safety straps. Okay. Touch up, Bob. Mine too, sir. Just relax into your contour seats and breathe deeply. Control are doing all the work for us. It's exactly the same as our practice runs. Same routine. Zero minus 30. Nine-tenths pressure in the combustion chambers. Temperature 1,200. Fine. Hello, control. Compression nine-tenths maximum. All jets firing. Hello, Orbiter 2. Stand by for normal takeoff. No deviation from predicted course. Good luck from all of us. Thanks. Good luck, chaps. Here we go. We're lifting. Next stop, Piccadilly. Two answering you, Control. Britain speaking. My reactions seem to be normal. Checking with crew. Stand by. Mac, you all right? Yes, I'm okay, Bob. But the acceleration did shake me a bit. The old body felt like lead, and I thought my face was being wrapped around the back of my neck. How are your eyes? And well, vision's still a bit blurred, but it's clearing. No internal pains? No, fine. Good man. Hickey, how are you feeling? Oh, all present and correct, sir. Well done. How about you, Bob? I'm okay. Hello, CSP. You may have heard that. Yes, Bob, we heard. Congratulations to all of you. A first-class launching. Your line of flight, speed, and jet temperatures are exactly as planned. The ground tracking stations are giving us a clear picture of you, and the radio reception is perfect. Good. We're getting a wonderful picture of the Earth from Japan... Way down the China coast to New Guinea and Australia. But have you any news of Orbiter 1, Control? No. She's still in the interference zone, I'm afraid. Check your altitude, please. We make it 310 miles. 310 it is. Prepare for the next boost. This one shouldn't worry you. We can take it.
What do you make of the altitude indicator? It must be over the 1,000-mile mark by now. Uh, the needle's swinging between 1,100 and 1,250. I'll check it over, sir. Yes, do that, Hickey. Oh, and by the way, you can drop the sir, business. We can forget rank while we're in space. Aye, aye, sir. Bob, I'll try. Is the weightlessness worrying either of you? No, I had the usual symptoms of unreality after the acceleration stopped, but I'm settling down now. Same with me. Good. Just keep your minds on the job. Right. Well, according to the computer, Bradley should be closing with us on bearing XT7 QY65. Concentrate on that. And I'll look at the radar screen, too. Uh, it's a beautiful blank at the moment. Mm. Hold on. What? Look, there's a patch of interference developing top oh, right-hand oh, corner. Yes, it, is. Yeah. it looks like the fringe of the trouble zone. It is, and too. Poor control. Hello, CSP. Hello. Hello. This is Orbiter 2 calling you. Are you receiving me? Control, answering you, Orbiter 2. Yes, we are receiving. But your signal is very weak. We are heading into the trouble zone. Altitude indicator, scanners, and intercom are all affected. We are holding to the prearranged course. Message understood. We shall keep listening. Hmm. Here, both of you, quickly. Look at this mark on the screen. Wow, what is it? Wow. You can just see it between the ribbons. Oh, yes. It must be solid. Hmm. What's the bearing, Mac? Um, XT7 UY65. It's Orbiter One. You're right. Yes. Slap on the predicted uh, course. Good for the ground, boys. Uh, Call them up, Mac. And Hickey, give me a burst on the jets at one-tenth compression. Right, Bob. Here it comes. Orbiter Two calling control. Hello, CSP. Are you receiving me? We're very slightly off course. Give me a one-tenth burst. Port jets only, Chief. Trim up. Enough. Yes, fine. We're right in the right groove now. Ah, good. Hello, CSP. This is Orbiter 2. Come in, please. Nothing doing, Bob. We're out on our own by the sound of it. Ah, Never mind. We're closing with the other ship. Well, this is where the fun starts. But if we shoot past her, we won't get another chance. We shall have to turn ourselves over head to tail so that we can use the jets as brakes. Better stand by the inverters. Standing by. Check the range. Range, 375 miles. That's closer than I thought. Switch on inverters. Now, over we go. Base over apex. Talk of the gyros is taking us nicely. I'll tell you to level off the moment our tail jets are pointing towards the other ship. Steady. Level off. Now. Right. We're heading straight towards it, tail first. And it's all done by mirror. Stop talking. (laughs) Stop talking. Adjust the scanners. Hickey. Sir. I'm going to brake pretty hard. Fasten your belt. You two, Mac, ready with the taps? Uh Uh-huh. Ready, sir? Open jets at nine-tenths maximum. And, And again. Bob, you don't have to worry about the radar anymore. Our target's come up on the telescreen. George, Orbiter 1 in vision. We may be creeping ahead of him very slightly, but I won't upset the balance now. I say, look at that other ship's tail. The starboard quarter's practically flat. Gosh, it is, yes. Yes. Yes, I'm going to call control. We can't hear them, but they may be able to hear us. 
This is Orbiter 2 calling CSP control. Orbiter 2 calling CSP control. We are alongside our sister ship. Her starboard quarter shows that she has been involved in collision. There are no signs that Bradley and Wilson have spotted us yet. I am preparing to go aboard. I shall take flight engineer Hicks with me and leave Captain McClelland in charge at this end. Keep listening. They'll be listening, but I doubt whether they get any of that. There's no acknowledgement. It doesn't look as if Brad picked it up either. Otherwise, he'd have made some sort of signal, wouldn't he? Yes, well, we're certainly close enough to see him. You'd better adjust your spacesuit, Hickey. The sooner we get over there, the better. Open the airlock, Mac. Right, Bob. Good. Just plug my telephone cable into Hickey's helmet. We won't be able to talk on the radio intercom because of the interference. Okay, you're plugged in. Close your helmets. Fine. Into the airlock, Chief. Close the inner hatch. Open the valve. Let the air out. Done this underwater many a time. Yes, you had the sea pouring into your escape log then. Now it's a case of literally nothing coming in. Pressure gauge is dropping down to zero. There it goes. Yes. I'm watching it. Check your suit. Right, all, all correct. Lock empty. Oh. We're standing in vacuum, chum. You all right? Yes. Good. Right, I'm opening the outer hatch. Don't move yet. Now, switch off the magnets in your boots. Tie the end of your short line to the ring in my belt. My lifeline is attached to the ship. It'll do for both of us. Okay. I should probably be able to steer us both over to Orbiter One with my jet pistol. If you do have to use yours, Hickey, make sure you don't aim it towards me. <laughs> Understood, Bob. Right. I'm holding on to your belt. Just move to the edge of the hatch. That's right. You can't mm. fall. It's at a um, moment like this you begin to wonder. Keep your attention on the other ship. All right. I'm firing the pistol. We're away. Yes. Remember not to bicycle pedal with your feet. There's nothing underneath them. How do you feel, Chief? Oh, slightly sick, sir. Yes, so do I. Halfway across to Orbiter One. I suppose we shall get used to this sort of lock. Yes. We shall when we start assembling the space station. This is the way we'll be working. Oh, gosh, just look at those stars. What's your target? We're going to land just by the escape hatch. Right. Here it comes. A crab. Hold on. Hold it. I've got it. Got it. Good man. Switch on your boot magnets again. This is style. We're aboard Orbiter One. I can't believe it. It's true enough. Open the air valve by the hatch. Just pull back the lever. That doesn't seem to move. I leave. 
Then I think it's shifted. Yes. lights should flash when all the air's out of the lock. It started flashing already. Must be a fault. I'll try opening the hatch. It's quick work. Well, here we go. Must have heard us by now. Yes. This will be a shock for them. They turn on the air. Be interesting to know exactly what's happened. It certainly will. Hello? Something's gone wrong with the air pressure. It's only risen to about eight pounds a square inch. That's all we're going to get. We must keep our helmets closed. Open the inner hatch. Let's see how Brad and the boys are. Oh. Well, what goes on here? The cabin's empty. It's absolutely empty. Where is everybody? Look. Somebody lying down there by the, by the wreckage of the starboard engines. It's... It's Carter. Poor devil. Yes. At least it must have been quick. He was obviously here when the collision happened. No sign of anyone else. No, not a trace. I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Neither do I. It's the mystery of the Mari Celeste all over again. Yes, so it seems. But two sane men don't just step out into space. No. They weren't the types to lose their heads. So what's the answer? Oh, let me think. Let me think. You had difficulty with the air valve, the outer hatch. Yes, it didn't seem to move much. The reason being that it was already open. That's why the light flashed almost as soon as you touched it. Of course, yes. The airlock had been used by people leaving the ship. Exactly. I'd stop to think I, I, I would have realized that at the time. Brad and Wilson bailed out. But why? Yes... Why? Something must have driven them to it. What's that? It's only the safety valve on the port two compression chamber. Oh, getting a bit jumpy. I'm sorry. Uh, don't apologize to you. It's enough to give anyone the shakes. We'll get back to the cabin. Yeah? I'd like to have a look at the ship's log. Okay, I'll get it for you. You'll find it in the, in the clip beside the intercom. Same place where we keep ours. No, it's not here. Oh, it's, it's probably slipped out. It's attached to a cord. The cord's here, but the logbook's been torn away. Torn away? Yeah. I see. So is another mystery. Yes. There's something written in that log which we were not intended to read. But Captain Bradley wouldn't want to hide anything. No. Neither would Wilson. Well, then who could have cut... I've got a crazy idea. I don't like it. I know what you're thinking. I've got the same idea. Chief, we better get back to our own ship. Right. We don't want to follow in Brad and Wilson's footsteps. Let's move. Okay.
Jupiter, I'm glad to see you too. Are the others all right, Bob? No, Carter's dead. We were prepared for that. But Brad and Wilson have gone. Huh? Gone? Yes, they've disappeared. Apart from Carter, Orbiter One is deserted. But oh, it's impossible. It's true, Mac. Have you had any contact with CSP control? No, the interference is worse than ever. We must get underway. You're not going to leave Carter. We shall for the moment. Chief, close the inner hatch of the airlock and stand by the engines. Aye, aye, sir. Start the compressors. But why the panic, Bob? I'll tell you later. Watch your scanner. Keep an all-round radar sweep and sing out if you see anything unusual. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to see through the interference, Pat. Just concentrate. Hickey, what's the holdup on the engine? Well, you've got the temperature to build up. I've gone out in the jet jet. Well, use the boosters. I know we'll be short on fuel, but we'll risk running dry. Right. Bob, there's something odd on the radar scheme. It's not very clear, but it's solid enough and it's dead astern. Look. So I was right. Open the jets. We must move. Hickey, get into the observation dome. Tell me if you can see anything following us. Right, Bob. The spot on the screen's getting bigger. What is it? I wish I knew. Whatever it is, it's closing with us. I don't think we're going to get away. Can't see anything astern. Our tail's pointing straight into the sun. I right, come down. I'm going to start turning. Hold tight! Thing's still with us. It's coming in! Move, my kids. Break out emergency oxygen. Anybody hurt? No, nothing serious. Uh, just shaken. What happened? We've either been rammed, or we've been shot up. The same as Orbiter 1? Yes. So that spot on the radar screen was... Yes, an unidentified flying object. Try to get Woomer control, man. Right. Orbiter 2 calling CSP. Orbiter 2 calling CSP control. Are you receiving me? Not a hope of getting through on that bomb. Keep trying, Mac. What's going on? Something outside. Quickly, into the observation zone. Can't see anything from here. Must be under us. But what? The... Listen. Somebody's moving on the outer hull. Get back to the cabin. And stand by for borders. Borders in space? Are we crazy? No, we're not dreaming either. But according to the UN Space Bureau... We're the only people out here. That's right, sir. I've seen the report. No other country has launched any ships for the past month. No other country is supposed to have launched any ships. Not without informing the Bureau. But it's obvious that somebody has been keeping his plans to himself and ganging up on us. Yeah. I've often wondered what certain people really thought of a Commonwealth space project. Now we know. It sounds as if they're getting down to business. Close the airlock valves, Hickey, and start the emergency generator. Aye, aye, sir. At least that'll stop them opening the hatches. You think they mean to come in and get us, Bob? It could be. There's no doubt they've got Bradley and Wilson, and we're next on the list. Well, whoever they are, it beats me why they're playing this cat and mouse game. They could have blown us to bits with no trouble at all. Yes. And if they only wanted to stop us going ahead with the assembly work on Orbiter X, wouldn't it have been safer for them to destroy the component parts? We've had all the bits and pieces circling around the Earth for weeks now. Maybe they plan to assemble the components themselves. That's a thought, eh? We supply the goods, and they get the space station. Hello? What's going on now? 
My guess is that they're rigging up some sort of communication gear. If they could talk us into surrender, it'd save them a lot of trouble. We can give them trouble, all right, if we can get at them. And the only way to do that is to go out and meet them, face to face. Well, I'm ready. How about it, Bob? No. They'll pick us off as soon as we try to leave the escape hatch. No, we can do better than that. If we can get some of the jets working, we can still give the UFOs a run for their money. See what you can do with the engines, Hickey. Right, Bob. And you, Mac, get cracking on the intercom. Okay. You might break through the interference. Right. NOCSP. Orbiter 2 calling CSP Woomera. Orbiter 2 calling CSP Woomera. Are you receiving me? No answer at all? Not a thing. Just mush. Listen to it. All right, turn it down. Well, Hickey, what luck? Well, Bob, the damage in the engine room has probably been caused by a missile with a proximity fuse. The starboard compressors have completely had it. What about the others? Our groups three and four are okay on the port side. So, if we could get below an altitude of a thousand miles, we'll be under the interference zone, and we should be able to talk to CSP and warn them. Then let's get going. What are we waiting for? The point is, the moment we get underway, the UFOs will almost certainly attack, and they may shoot to kill next time. Are you ready to risk it? Sure I am. Yes, me too, sir. Good. I think the chance is worth taking. So we're all agreed. You can open the taps, Chief. Aye, aye, sir. It'll take a minute or so to build up the temperatures in the combustion chambers. Don't worry, we'll wait. Bob, listen to the intercom. Is it my imagination or... No. The interference is clear. Start transmitting. I will. Arbiter 2 calling CSP control. Are you receiving me? Try again. Right. We are receiving you, Arbiter 2. That's not Womara. No. Then it must be the... Yes, the UFOs. Exactly. All right, I'll take over. This is Captain Britain, Orbiter 2. Who are you? This is your escort commander. We regret the damage to your ship. We trust there are no casualties. Where do you come from? What are your intentions? I cannot answer questions. You and your crew will abandon ship and join us. We are close by. The crossing will offer no difficulties. Engine temperature's almost right, Bob. Open the jets as soon as you can. You will carry out my instructions immediately. And in case you hope that our conversation is being monitored at your Earth headquarters, I should tell you it is not. Our engineers have adapted your aerial array for restricted transmission only. You are, in fact, still in the interference zone. That's one hope, Connor. But you were right about the borders fixing some communication gear, Bob. So it seems. All compressors working, sir. Good man. Open them right up. Captain Britton, I order you to cut your engine. Cut a blazes. We're moving out of office. Can you get the nose down, Bob? I'm doing my best, but I haven't got much control. Get a visual bearing on the earth. Right. I think we're losing altitude, but it's too soon to say yet. Eight meters swinging all over the place, picking up 40 ground acres. What's the other ship doing, Dickie? Uh, he's close to stern. I can see his blip on the scanner. Now he's moving under our port pools. Check your spacesuits. He'll start throwing things any second now. Calling Orbiter 2. Unless you cut your engines immediately, we shall fire on your port jets. Keep going, Bob. There's nothing else we can do. Close your helmets and switch over to helmet intercom. Check. Helmet closed. Intercom working. And we're beginning to lose height, Bob. The enemy's close on our quarters, sir. Ah! 
Are you all right? Yes, I think so. What about Hickey? Uh, I think he's had it. Let me see. No. No, he's alive. But his shoulder's bleeding. I'll get my first aid box. There's no time for that. We've got to seal up the tear in his suit quickly. Give me the emergency pack. Here it is. Pressure's dropping in the cabin. He's starved for oxygen. He wasn't happy. I remember the drill. First patch goes under the tear. In there. Like this. I hope that'll hold. Is his oxygen full on? Yes. Now, an outside patch. He's breathing. Good. This is about the best we can do for you, Hickey, old son. Sorry about the shoulder. He seems to have taken a crack on the head, too. Make sure his intercom is turned on, Mac. Otherwise, we won't hear him when he comes round. Okay. What are we to do with him now? He's losing blood. We can't cope with that in vacuum. This is your escort, Commander. We have been listening to your Obia helmet intercom. Your ship is no longer screening the transmissions. You have yourselves to blame for the damage and the injury to your flight engineer. You can save his life only by bringing him over to us. You hear that, Mac? Yes, I hear it. Well, I suppose we haven't much choice. I heard not. But what are the physical conditions inside their ship? If we do get Hickey over, would it be safe to take him out of his spacesuit? Permit me to answer that question. Of course. They can hear every word we say. Yes, and we are not monsters. We shall provide you with breathable air at the pressure to which you are accustomed in normal space flight. We must take your word for it. We're coming out. Excellent. I'm glad that you're being sensible at last, Captain Britton. Is there any pressure in the airlock, Mac? No, the indicator's on zero. Then you can open the inner and the outer hatches. Right. Are you going to guide us? Yes. I just tied Hickey's short line onto my belt. You can hitch yourself onto him, too. Okay. I've switched off his magnets. Now, be careful. He's quite weightless. We don't want to send him crashing into the roof. Hold on to his belt and let go. Okay. I'll grab him on the other side. I've got him. Now, now, into the lock. Easy does it, Mac. Just move over to the edge and cut your boot magnets. Magnet off. Bob, look. There's the other ship. Yes. Yes, I see. It's a similar shape to ours. But more than twice the size. Armored of oil. Hello, Captain Britton. You will observe that one of our hatches has been opened. That is your point of entry. Yes, I see it. It's about 60 yards to go, Mac. Half a dozen bursts on the pistol should get us over. Are you all set? All set. Move right onto the edge, then. Uh, looks a long drop down to the left. Wish we were there now. You can't drop. There's no up. There's no down here, Tommy. I know. That open hatch is your target. Just keep your eyes on it. 
Goodbye, over to two. We're away. Yes, we're away. Three minor and not very heavenly bodies. Steady as you can now, Mac. I don't want to overshoot the target. Well, bang on. Can you see any signs of life aboard? No. They're probably watching us through vision cameras. Switch on your magnets. Almost there. Here we go. Ah. How's that for a three-point landing? Nice work. This is certainly some ship. Seems bigger than ever when you're actually on it. Yes. How's Hickey looking? He's breathing. That's about all I can tell. Better get him inside, quickly. Come on. Close the outer hatch when you're through. Right. Into the airlock. Well, here we are. Whether we like it or not. I wonder if it is Ella pumping into the lock. We won't take any chances with it. How far do you think we can trust these people? I'd say we can probably trust them. Until they deliver us to their headquarters. Wherever that may be. Pressure seems okay. Let's try the inner hatch. Now what goes on? Not very much by the look of it. We seem to be in an empty cargo hold. Welcome aboard, Captain Brissett. Perhaps you will be good enough to close the hatch behind you. I'll do it, Paul. Thank you, Captain Brissett. He knows my knee. We know a great deal about you, as you shall see. It is quite safe for you to remove your helmets. Hold on. While I test for air, Mac. Yes. Yes, it seems to be all right. Okay, off helmets. Now you can breathe quite freely. And you will find medical equipment prepared for you. Where's the voice coming from now? Somewhere in the roof. Quite right. It is not yet possible for us to meet, but there is a talk back in the roof. I am actually speaking to you from the control cabin. We'll start asking questions later, Mac. Hickey's our first problem. Sort out the medical stuff while I unfasten his suit. Yes, Bob. His eyes are opening. Uh, who's there? It's Bob. Bob, Hickey. How do you feel, Sam? Oh, uh, all right. Had, had a bad dream. <coughs> are you going to drink of water, sir? Yes, of course, here. Yeah. Here's my squeeze bottle. Oh. Here, oh. Easy. Don't try to move yet. Yeah, I'll hold it for you. Thanks. Steady. Oh, here's the medical box. They've laid on plenty of dressings and surgical instruments. Now we'll soon have that shoulder as yours cleaned up, Hickey, my boy. Oh, thanks. I remember there was an explosion. Where are we now? Aboard the UFO. What? Yes, dear. There was nothing for it, Hickey. Mac and I had to bring you over. Hope I wasn't a lot of trouble, sir. No, none at all. But who are the UFOs? We don't know yet. Listen. 
Uh, transmitting WT. It's being relayed from the control cabin through the talk rack. They've cut the speaker. Did either of you get any of that? Mm, not really, but the start of it sounded like our call sign. Yeah, it did too. It's obviously something to do with us. Yes, but what? I'd give a lot to know what's in that message and who it's intended for. Anything on the tracking monitors, Ken? Afraid not, Colonel Kent. Only the interference pattern. I don't understand it. Orbiter 2 should be clear of the interference zone by now. Unless, of course, Britain's run into the same trouble which would Bradley ship out of action. Colonel, there's WT coming through on Orbiter 2's frequency. Ah, something at last. Now, don't lose it. Cam, check the direction finders and make sure they're beaming onto those signals. Yes, sir. This is CSP Control Woomera calling DF. Are you receiving WT on Orbiter 2 frequency? Check, please. Urgent. Message from Orbiter 2 complete, sir. Here's the transcription. Thank you. Let's see. Orbiter 2 to CSP control. Am in free orbit with oxygen for one hour only. Cause of ship disasters, explosions in compression chambers. Do not sacrifice more ships. Design at fault. Bitter disappointment, Britain. Sounds pretty grim, Colonel. It isn't possible. Every component in those ships was tried and tested. But he says, design at fault. The direction finders put his position at ZA70Y51. All right, I'll try to get back to him. His RT's probably wrecked, so we'll stay on WT Brown. Okay, Colonel. Is there anything at all we can do? Not a thing. Bob's perfectly right about not sending up any more ships. The whole matter will have to go before the Commonwealth Government. There'll be inquiries and tests. How long will it take? One year, two years, maybe more. I see. So the Commonwealth Space Project is back where it started, sir. Not quite. Not while Bob and his crew are still alive. They, they still give us some information which could change the whole picture. No response from Orbiter 2, sir. Oh, just keep sending. and I have the responsibility of finding out who the UFOs are, where they come from, and what their plans are. We must get that information back to CSP, whatever the cost. Yes, I understand. If only there was somewhere... Attention! Attention! We are about to move out of orbit. You are advised to strap yourself down on the mattresses which have been provided. Get weaving, boys. If we suddenly start accelerating with a bad 10G thrust, we'll be spread all over the bulkhead. Yeah. You will hear a warning signal begin 10 seconds before we open the jet. Are they started the compressors? Pass me a strap. You manage yours, Hickey? Yes, just a bad thing. Yeah, I'll give you a hand. Get your shoulder. It's fine. Those dressings must have had something pretty good in them. Just the joint that's a bit stiff, that's all. Uh, you'll be okay. Yeah, I'll be okay. You look after yourself, sir. Yes, I think I'd better. Ten seconds to go, Bob. Can you make it? Yes, sir. Yes, I can make it. Now get your heads down. Next stop, Mars, could be...
Colonel Kent. Yes? The interference is clearing on the sound channel, sir. What about the vision monitors? Yes, the pattern is disappearing, Colonel. Picture coming up on monitor one. Yes, it's one of our ships. Which, Bradley's or Bob's? Start calling again. Cape York tracking station reports that the interference zone is fading and moving off to the west. Too late to help us. In his last message, Britain told us they had oxygen for only one hour. And that's long past. Still, I'll try a call on our team. CSP calling Orbiter 2. You are now in the clear. Come in, please. No. Nothing there, sir. No. Nothing. Not long ago, you asked me if we were back where we started, Cam. I'm afraid the answer now is, yes, we are. Right back where we started. Bob. Huh? Uh, Wake up. What is it? Ricky, can you hear me? <coughs> yes, I can hear you. I've got a peculiar taste in my mouth. So have I. We must have been drugged. Yes. They've mixed something with the oxygen. Oh, well, where are we? We're still aboard the UFO. It's time, eh? Uh, hello. My watch is gone. Uh, mine has too. You got yours, Hickey? No, it's not here. Been whipped. Mm, they all have. Our friends obviously don't want us to know how long we've been in flight. The calendar watchers would have told us plenty. Well, we, we haven't grown long beards, have we? Uh, they could have given us a shave. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. Don't miss a trick. Yeah. How about giving the jailer a shout? <laughs> they can't do any harm. But we won't learn much. We'll see. Hello there. Yes, Captain McLennan. We are listening. I thought you would be. What's the idea of the anesthetic? We sent you into a deep sleep in order to spare you the monotony of a prolonged flight through space. What about our watches? We want them back. They will be returned to you. In a few moments, we shall be landing. Landing, eh? Where? You will discover the answer to that if you cooperate. Now check your safety belts. We are about to open the retrojets. <laughs> bound to know where we are when we touch down. Can't keep us inside this thing forever. No, and just wait till we do get out. Air for landing. Get your heads back against the pads and relax. We're coming down through an atmosphere by the feel of it. Unfasten your straps. I, golly, I can hardly move. I feel as if I weigh about a ton. Yeah, so do I. Well, we're, we're bound to notice the gravity after being in zero G. We must move slowly to start with. Sit up before you, you try to stand. Remember the drill. Uh, it's not too bad. 
Let me give you a hit. lift, Hickey. Yeah, thanks. On oh, my shoulder. <clears throat> Pretty good. That's fine. But take it easy. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Hello? Ship's moving again. Now, what's going on now? It feels as though we're going down on some sort of lift. I expect they're getting us clear of the landing platform. We'd better collect our gear before we're ordered out. Hello. What's wrong, Mac? My jet pistol's missing. So is my torch. Yeah, mine have disappeared, too. What about yours, Hickey? Yes, sir. The blighters have whipped the lot. They're making pretty sure we don't give them any trouble. Our time will come. Hello, Captain Britton. The jailer's calling in again. You are now about to leave the ship. For your own safety, it is essential that you should follow my instructions precisely. All right, I'm listening. The ship has passed through an airlock into our underground hangar. You will not need your helmets and breathing apparatus. You may move straight through the inner and outer escape hatches. You think this is a trick, Bob? It could be. We must watch our step. Carry on! All right. Come on, boys. I'm going to open the outer hatch now. Are we all set? Yeah. Yeah, all set, sir. Right. Here we go, then. Oh, it's as black as pitch out there. Now we know why they took away our torches. Yes. This is all part of the shock treatment. Hey, look, there is a light. Where? It's coming up. Just a faint glow over that steel door ahead. Yeah, there is. Hello there. They're raising it for us. Yes. Pretty massive affair it is, too. Must have been made as a safety precaution in case of fire out here in the hangar. You are now about to enter the control center. After passing under the raised screen, you will go through the first door which you will find on the right-hand side of the tunnel. Well, here we go. Not going to be easy to get out of here, eh? No, it isn't. Close the entrance behind us. We'll just have to play along for a while longer. That's all we can do. Right, keep moving. Stay together. What do you make of the noise, sir? Pumps. Generators, I can't tell. Maybe it's just part of the psychological softening up process. These people haven't brought us here for fun. If we've got some knowledge or information that they want, they may use unpleasant methods to get hold of it. I wouldn't put anything past them. We seem to have reached the door we were told about. Yes, uh, this must be the one. Now listen, just the last word of warning before we go through. You know the methods of interrogation used in police states, Hickey? Oh, I know, sir. And you, Mac? I've heard about them, Bob. The old stress techniques, eh? Exactly. And the build-up here seems to fit into the same pattern. Tension and uncertainty are calculated to undermine the judgment. So whatever happens, we must keep a grip on ourselves... Under no circumstances must we let these characters take over our thinking for us. Is that clear? Yeah. Yes, understood, sir. Good. We'll go in and see what we're up against. Follow me. Oh, the light! It's blinding! It certainly is. But look behind that spotlight at the far end of the room. You see what I mean? Yes, there's somebody there. And more than one. I can see a whole bunch of them. Ugly-looking customers. Said at least they're human. 
I never doubted there'd be anything else. Well, let's start the ball rolling and see what happens. Hello there. Who are you? I am Commander Gelvin, deputy leader of the Unity Organization. That's the voice we had on the ship's intercom. Yes, he's the UFO character who brought us here. What do you mean by the Unity Organization? The leader is beside me here, Dr. Max Kramer. He will explain everything to you in due course. He must be the egghead with the deadpan look on his face. Yeah, quite, Hickey. Dr. Kramer, you've got a lot to answer for. I shall do my best to satisfy you, Captain Britton. Then you can start by telling us exactly where we are, why we've been brought here, and, and what you know about Captain Bradley. At this early stage of our meeting, I cannot give you the location of these headquarters. Regarding Captain Bradley, he and his co-pilot, Wilson, are safe and well. I believe that when I see them. You will, when we begin assembling the space station you call Orbiter X. So that's it. You know everything about it, of course. Not everything. Which answers your questions as to why you're here. We need your help. I expected something like this. The components of the station have been fired into orbit, and you know exactly how they should be fitted together. So we hope that you will supervise the work which will be carried out by our space engineers. You're mad if you think we're going to help you. In any case, you must see that when CSP don't get any signals from us, they'll send up more ships to find out what's happened. I think not. We sent a message to CSP in your name, and as a result... All your ships are grounded. Ah, so that was the WT signal we heard in the UFO. I appreciate your feelings, Flight Engineer Hicks. But in order to understand the position, you must try to see beyond your own personal problems at the moment. They can all be put right for you. Just like that, eh? Yes. In due course, you may even be reunited with your family. With your wife, Susan, I believe. And your two young children, Charles and Anne. How do you know about them? We know a great deal that would surprise you. But let us think of the citizens of tomorrow, because this leads us to the purpose behind the organization which we call Unity. Its object is to make the world a safer place to live in. Isn't that what our politicians are working for? Some may be, but the only ones who can succeed must be trained scientists. Like yourself? Exactly. I need hardly remind you that in your democracy, no effort is made to connect scientific qualifications with political power. As a result, you have constant tension and uncertainty. So you're for the military state, are you? Not at all. That arises when the scientist's rightful place of leadership is taken by the mere man of action. This argument goes back to about 400 B.C., doesn't it, Kramer? Ah, you remember your Plato's Republic. Yes, Captain Britain, we Unitists are planning a new world government led by men of science. Dangerous nationalism will be liquidated. Resources thrown away on armaments will be spent on welfare and scientific progress. And the spirit of the new order is the basic understanding which already exists between the scientists of all countries. Which country do you come from? That is of no importance. Our membership is international. Many of our people continue to work in their own lands. And as scientists and engineers, they pass on to us information of technical progress, particularly in the fields of atomic and projectile developments. You must find that very useful. We do. By pooling our knowledge, we are already far ahead of you in space travel. 
You know that for yourselves. Yes. Uh, something I'd like to ask you about this. How is it your ships haven't been spotted from the Earth? Because they are fitted with electronic deflectors which screen them quite effectively from your radio telescopes and ground-packing stations. Very occasionally you see them as unusual patterns on your radar, but they arouse no alarm because similar patterns are produced by natural phenomena. The interference zone we ran into in our ship, Orbiter 2, was that anything to do with you? Yes. It was another product of our electronic department, and you understand that it will provide invaluable camouflage when you join us on the assembly of Orbiter X. Yes. Supposing we did help you, what happens then? You're all very qualified to take your places in our organization, particularly yourself, Captain Britain. We have a very detailed statement of your record. And now I am prepared to answer any reasonable questions on unity. Well, as it goes. You aim at a world government. We do. Then how are you proposing to get rid of the existing governments? Well, each country will still have its own administration, but its responsibilities will be strictly limited to internal affairs. It will have no control over its foreign policy. Do you really think that you could make the nations of the world knuckle down to a position like that? No, they wouldn't do it. Not without some pressure, perhaps. And what sort of pressure are you thinking of? I can best answer that by reminding you that the Second World War ended when Japan capitulated after just two small atomic bombs fell on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. we better get this quite clear. Are you planning an atomic war? My dear Britain, the true leader must have such a measure of scientific understanding that he is supremely aware of the relative insignificance of a few individual lives in relation to the future of the whole world. A few lives, a man's man. I've had enough of this. Sorry, I've had. We'll show him what we think of him and his unity organization. God, come on up. Take them to the detention cells. Oh, no, you don't. Kitty. Put your hands down. What? Take it easy. Is that an order, Bob? Yes, it is. Guard, take them away. Come on! What? Kelvin, we have a lot of work to do on these men. Yes. Britain and possibly McClellan may respond, but I have doubts about the engineer, Hicks. He is probably of little value to us. But he could be of use. In the research department? True enough. <laughs> yes. Yes, separate him from the others and take him along. Splendid. I'll see to it right away. Oh, one other point. Before you do, send that chemist person to me. Ravel? Yes. And she knew Britain when she was working in London. She might be able to help us. you're doing, Bob. What do you mean by that? Well, you know what's on my mind. At least we could have had a go at the blighters. Couldn't be worse off than we are now, stuck in a cell without a hope of getting away. And where do you suppose they've taken Hickey? I don't know. But, Mac, if we'd tried to tackle those guards, we'd have been finished. They were just dying for an excuse to use their guns. Okay, but at least we could have shown a bit of spirit and we might have got away with it. As it is, we look like a bunch Calm of... Calm down, Mac. I'm going to have my say whether you like it or not. Listen to me, you old idiot. We can't afford to be heroes. We haven't just got ourselves to think about. 
Somehow we've got to warn CSP about these people. Don't you realize that? Oh, I... I suppose you're right. It's a pretty frightening responsibility, and we must keep our heads. Otherwise, we, we'll play straight into Kramer's hands. Okay. Okay, Bob. I'm sorry. Guard's coming back. Maybe we're going to be separated now. And if we are, remember what I told you. Sure. I shall be here if you need me, Dr. Ravel. Thank you. Well, what do you know? It's the feminine touch now, is it? Another shock for you, Captain McClellan. Oh, I'll say. Not such an unpleasant one, I hope. Uh, no. Come in. Have you nothing to say, Captain Britton? Yes. What are you doing here? Do you two know one another? Of course. Bob remembers me. Great Aravel, University College. We were students together. Well, tell me what you're doing here. I belong to Unity. Unity? Do you know what it means? Of course. You know that Kram is preparing to start an atomic war? That is not true. He told us himself. No, you're twisting his words. There may be some sacrifices, but there will be more than justified. Sacrifices? Justified? Uh, you don't know what you're saying. I know that unless unity takes over, the great nations will eventually make the earth uninhabitable. But, woman, that's exactly what your people will do in the end. Save your breath, Max. She's been indoctrinated. That is not the case. I joined unity of my own free will because my scientific training enables me to see things clearly. With your background, you can also reach the point of understanding. You're wasting your time. Look, Bob, the guard is listening. I must speak quickly. I've only a few moments with you. You cannot fight these people. If you try to fight them, they will do the same to you as they're doing to your engineer. What do you mean? What are they doing to Hicks? He has been taken to the Space Medicine Research Department. If you give in now, you may save him. Is this a trick? Have you been told to say this? No, I'm risking everything. You must believe me. I can say no more. But you must. Is everything all right, Dr. Ravel? Yes, I'm coming. My advice to you, Captain Britton, is think carefully. Don't worry, I will. I am glad. That is all I ask. Do you think this is a plan, Bob? I wish I knew. It's extraordinary she should turn up here. What sort of creature is she? It's impossible to say. I, I only got to know her casually in London. It's a long time ago, but... I remember she was on a special course from some university in Europe. She was always a dramatic type, and... Oh, look. She's left her shoulder bag behind. Give it to me. There's a gun inside it. What? A nice, neat little weapon. And, and it's loaded. Kramer may have sent her here to tell us about Hickey, but he wouldn't have told her to leave this behind. No, and she wouldn't have left it by accident. She, she does want to help us, and this was the only way. So what do we do? I'll tell you. Listen carefully. We are not going to do anything unpleasant to you, Hicks. We are simply carrying out a certain program of research. Research, you call it. All right, tell me the worst. As you know, the normal functions of the body can be slowed down by a controlled process of cooling. And that's what you're going to do to me, is it? Yes. Why? What's the idea? Looking ahead, we envisage space flights that may last months, perhaps years. 
In such cases, a form of uh, suspended animation based on the cooling principle would relieve the crews of all their discomforts. They would put themselves into this condition soon after takeoff, and a time mechanism would, as it were, bring them back to life as their ship approaches its objective. But it isn't human. You can't do this. Just relax, my friend. I am turning up the cooling control. God's coming this way, Bob. You know what to do. Yeah. Okay. I'll give him a shot. Hello there. Hello, God. What is it? Our lady visitor left something behind. Oh, very well. Here it is. Right, I will take it. What? Keep quiet and don't move. Otherwise, I shall use his gun. It's something your smart friends overlooked when they brought us here. Right. Get busy on him, Mac. Gag first. Okay. You can't get the right. Try his hands. Good. Everything according to plan so far. You wanted action, now you're getting it. Is that gag secure? Yeah. Take a turn at this cord around his feet. Right. We'll make him fast to the ring in the wall. Come on. Uh, we don't want him hammering at the door after we've gone. We certainly don't. Uh, I think he's safe now. Fine. Let's get away from here. I'm right with you, man. Don't forget to lock up. Okay. And bring the key with you. Uh, won't get out of there in a hurry. Yes, I hope not. Well, how to find Hickey. We didn't pass the medical department when they brought us here. So we'll try the other direction. Come on. Do you think we'll ever find our way out of this place? If we don't, we'll sabotage everything we can lay our hands on. Yeah, they must have a radio center somewhere. Yeah, is that the thought? If we could get in touch with Woomera... Listen. Somebody's coming. Through this door, quickly. There's a key in it. Wait. Nobody's here. It's quite dark. Good. Here you go. Do you think they heard us? No, but... we better hang on for half a minute... until they get well away. Right, Bob. Mac. There's somebody else in here. See if you can find the light switch. There might be one just beside the door. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Oh, it's, it's Brad. Yes. So we found him. There's something wrong here. Turn back that cover. Yeah. His legs in plaster. Brad. Brad, wake up. Uh, it must have given him a shot or something. Yes, but we've got to rouse him. Brad, it's Bob and Mac. Wake up. Brad, open your eyes. Who, who's that? Look at me. Bob. I must be dreaming. Uh, not you know. What's happened? Where am I? Gently does it. It mustn't make too much noise. You're here too, Mac. Yeah, laddie. Just take it easy. Oh, my leg. What's wrong with it? It seems to be broken, old son. Put it in plaster. They? Oh. Oh, yes, I remember. I woke up on an operating table under a bright light. What happened before then? We were aboard the ship, Orbiter One. Yes, that's right. You were attacked. We got bits of your radio message at CSP headquarters. Yes. Carter, the engineer, was killed. After a bit, Wilson and I went out to try and locate a fracture that was letting the air out of the cabin. 
It was somewhere behind the paneling. We couldn't find it from inside. As soon as we went through the outer hatch, they got us. They must have been waiting for us on the hull. We couldn't believe it. We were too shocked to fight back. They got us just like that. Wow. How'd you break your leg? I don't remember. You've seen Kramer and his stooge, Galvin? I've seen them. They give you all this propaganda stuff about unity? Yes, I've had it. What'd you say to them? Nothing much. You know they're prepared to launch atomic missiles on various cities all over the world. I gather that was going to be their way of taking over the government. I'm glad it's good to see you, but uh, do you know what's happened to Wilson? Haven't they told you? They said he was alive and well. They're lying. He was dead when they got him back to their ship after we left Orbiter 1. No. His oxygen tap had been turned off. Poor devil. How did you get here, Bob? Well, there's no time to go into details. It's, It's much the same story as yours. But these people have taken Hickey to the medical department, and we've got to find him. Uh, Brad, you've been there. Can you remember where it is? Uh, let me think. When I came out, there was a lift facing the door. They wheeled me in. We came down. Not very far. Only one floor, I think. Oh, think hard. Was it one floor, or could it have been two? No, I'm sure it was one. Good man. Mac, Mac we'd better get cracking. Okay. We'll come back for you later, Brad. No, don't worry about me, Bob. I can't move anyway. You'll never get away from here if you try to take me with you. We're certainly not going to leave you here, chum. Don't be an idiot, Bob. I can kid these people along. You've got a job to do. You must get out and tell everybody what's going on here. Where is here? Do you know? No. Do you? We haven't a clue yet. Well, you'd better get cracking. Find out. All right, old man, we will. And we won't forget you. I'll be here. Open the door, Mac. All clear outside? Yes, all clear. Clear, old Brad. All the best. You're going to be okay, Brad. Just hold on. I will. And for goodness sake, close that door behind you. The draft's killing me. Good luck. Good luck, old boy. That's hell leaving him like that. Yes, but we'll be back. Look, Bob. There's the lift. Good. Right. Up one floor and through the door facing us. <laughs> Sounds like money for old rope. And the lift's up there now? Yeah, we'll take the stairs. Quickly while there's no one about. Stop just before we get to the top. We don't want to run straight into the guards. Right, that must be our door over there. Right, careful crossing the passage. Okay. Open the door. Our friend Gelpin will be back shortly, Hicks. Until then, I will look after you. I bet you will, Kramer. Naturally, I'm going. Don't to... move, Kramer. What's this? You close the door, Mac. Uh, oh, Mac, by all that's wonderful! Hickey, what are they doing to you? Trying to turn me into a sort of Rip Van Winkle on ice. I'll tell you all about it later if you'll turn off that cooling switch and undo these straps. Okay, I'll see to it. Kramer, keep still. No tricks. How did you get here? And where did you find that gun? Never mind that. Ah, we found Bradley Hickey. You have? Yeah, he wouldn't come with us. He's got a broken leg. He said it'd slow us up. Oh, it's typical of him. What about Wilson? He's dead. What? No time to talk now, Hickey. Can you move? Yes, I'll I'll soon loosen up. Good. We've got to get out of here quickly and away. I've got it. The test flight. Huh? 
What are you talking about? Kramer was just going to take up a new ship he sent Galvin to make the arrangements. It must be all set for launching. We might use it ourselves. What an idea. Kramer, is the ship ready for launching? Yes. Is it similar to the one that brought us here? It's a sister ship. That means it's easily maneuverable and it can carry all of us. Where is it now? Where is it? It should be on the launching platform. And you were going to fly it yourself, were you? I was. Then we're not going to disappoint you. Start walking. I refuse to move from here. In that case, we have no further use for you. Mac, pass over one of those rubber cushions. It'll help to muffle the sound of the shot. Thanks. I'll wrap it around the gun like this. Now then. Very well, Britain. You win for the moment. Then take us to the ship. I'm putting the gun in my pocket, but I'm keeping you covered. If any of your staff ask any questions, we're your latest converts. You understand? Yes, I quite understand. And to avoid accidents, you'd be wise to take us out by the quietest route. Get moving. Bob, yeah? do you notice the carved stonework in these passages? Yes, what about it? Well, I've seen something like this before, man. can't just place it. You may be more interested in this past door. Why? Where does it lead? Straight out to the launching platform. Then open up, but watch your step. Ah, is he going to close his helmet and turn on his oxygen? No, he's not. Ah, oh, Daylight! And fresh air. So we are on the Earth. If you thought you were on some remote planet, you have only your imagination to blame. Don't worry. We had a good idea where we were right from the start. Kramer, is that the new ship ahead of us? It is. Well, quite a sight, isn't she? Yes. She seems to be all lined up for action. Who's this coming towards us? One of the engineers by the look of it. Watch out. Are you going aboard, Doctor? Yes. These officers are our newly joined specialists. So you may tell your people to stand down for a moment. I shall call you when I want you. Very good, sir. It's all too easy. There's a catch somewhere. Yeah, that's what I think. But the ground staff don't seem to be taking much notice of us. Keep your eye on them anyway. Right, Grammar. We're going aboard. I strongly advise you to change your mind, Britain. Why? What are you getting at? Well, this ship should have a final check before takeoff. Never mind. We'll skip that. Anything else? No, nothing else. But remember my warning. Okay, in we go, chaps. All aboard? All right, Bob. Right. You can close the hatch now, Kramer. Oh, what a setup. It's just like the bridge on a liner. Hardly as large, but adequate. Uh, the controls look a bit different from these we're used to. Now, let me see. It would be unwise to touch anything. All right, get busy on the intercom and tell your control people to prepare for the countdown. But no tricks. The ship is quite independent of ground control. I have only to press this button to sound the warning on the launching platform and open the compressors. Then go ahead. Now. As you wish. <laughs> Get into your contour seats and fasten your straps, Higgy. You too, Mac. Okay. Stand by for takeoff. Ten seconds to go. What are your instructions, Captain Britton? 
You'll turn into orbit when we reach an altitude of 300 miles. We'll work out our course after that. We're lifting. Put your controls, Trauma. It is not necessary. The ship is operated by an automatic pilot, which is preset on a fixed course. There is no need to touch the controls until we land. Oh, yes, there is. Our destination is Woomera. That is where you're wrong, Captain Britain. Our destination is the moon. What? The moon? You're crazy. Let me turn on a scanner before the acceleration hits us. Get back at your seat, McClellan. The booster jets are opening. Boy, that, that was quite a punch. It, it certainly was. You, you can turn on the scanner now, Mac. Okay. Look. That's the earth underneath us. Yes, and where do we take off from? Judging by our course now, it could have been from somewhere in South America. Am I right, Kramer? I have nothing to say. Then take over the controls and prepare to turn into orbit. Must I repeat myself? The controls are locked in an automatic pilot. Then unlock them and look sharp about it. Listen to me. This ship has been built for a specific job. It is designed to operate between my Earth headquarters and the unity base on the moon. We're back to that nonsense, are we? Let him go on. Thank you. No provision has been made to operate the ship manually during its journey because we are satisfied that the automatic pilot is virtually foolproof. And what are these controls in front of us? Auxiliary retrojets. They can only be operated on the point of landing, and they are simply used for selecting the appropriate landing platform at the receiving end. And the receiving end in this case is supposed to be the moon, is it? Yes. I gather you find it difficult to absorb the fact, but it's perfectly true. My pioneers landed on the moon in the days when your Orbiter X project was still on the drawing board. Well, how could they get there without stopping at a space station for refueling? We evolved a new fuel based on the formula which the Russians used as long ago as 1959 when they launched their first successful moon probes. Even at that time, Professor Vladimir Dobron-Ravov revealed to the world that their first projectile was large enough to contain a cabin for two or three people. In view of the general advance since then, I fail to understand your apparent wonder at our unity achievements. Tell us about this moon base of yours. Well, as you would expect, it consists of a series of pressurized caves in the wall of a crater. Yes. We started with one cave, we sealed the walls with plastic, provided double doors and a lock at the entrance, and pumped in air. I see from that small beginning, we now have workshops, living accommodation, an observatory and control room, even an agricultural center. You shall see for yourselves in due course. As much as I'd like to, it's my duty to hand you over to our people in Woomera. Mac, we must check over the controls for ourselves. Yes, I think we'd better. Hickey, just sort out the radio equipment. I want to talk to Colonel Kent in Woomera. Okay, Bob, I'll have a look at it. You can save yourself the trouble, Hicks. When I started the ship's engines... I also took the precaution of switching the voltage control. You'll find the circuit is burnt out. So, my dear Britain, your friend Colonel Kent will not be hearing from you. SP Central Control, Brown speaking. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, I'll tell the Colonel. 
the Minister of Astronautics is waiting for you in your office, sir. Oh, good. I wanted to see him. Uh, check with the tracking stations and let me know right away if there's any developments. Right, sir. And you might ask for a special report on the Orbiter X components. I want to be sure they're not losing height or deviating from their course around the Earth. I'll be back soon. Good day, sir. Carry on. <clears throat> ah, hello, Sir Charles. It's good of you to come along. Oh, not at all. I know you can't get away from here, and it's easy enough for me to fly over when I'm in Canberra. Oh, nevertheless, I appreciate it. Uh, do sit down. Thank you. Uh, can I offer you a drink? Oh, that's very kind of you. May I have a scotch and soda? Of course. Thank you. Now, um, uh, what was it you uh, wanted to see me about? I'll make it as brief as I can. Uh, ice? Uh, please. Well. Thank you. Uh, now then, if I may just review the position. Yes, of course. I've lost my two leading assembly crews. One led by Captain Bradley in ship Orbiter 1. The other by Britain in Orbiter 2. You know how I feel about these men. Yes, don't we all? We don't know what happened to them. All we do know is their ships are now a couple of derelicts circling out there in space. Right. And all our other ships have been grounded, pending inquiries and tests, which may go on for a year or longer. Yes, these things take time. Now, uh, we're working on the assumption that there's a fault in the basic design of our ships. But the more I think about it, the less it satisfies me. Because I've checked hundreds of records, and I know that every component was tested to breaking point from the design stage onwards. So, uh, we must have more tests? Which may well prove to be pointless. What exactly are you driving at? Just this. The answer to the problem is not to be found here on the ground. It's locked away inside those two derelicts 1,200 miles above the ground. You may be right, Colonel Kent, but at the moment there's no way of getting to them. That's the point. I must have permission for one more ship to take off and carry out a survey. I hate to say it, but... Uh... Aren't you showing some disregard for the safety of your pilots? No, sir. I'm making a formal application to pilot the ship myself. And I can handle it without a crew. Really? I, I admire your courage. Oh, never mind that, Sir Charles. I foresee that unless we act quickly, the whole Orbiter X scheme is in danger of being shelved indefinitely. I doubt that, you know. There, there's too much money sunk in it. If we have a long hold-up, people will start asking awkward questions. And the government might decide to sell out its Orbiter X interests, perhaps for dollars. I see. Uh, yes. Perhaps I'd better have a word with the Prime Minister. That's what I hoped you'd say. You can speak to him from here. I've already asked for a line to London. It's essential that I should be given permission to go ahead with the survey. And uh, there is one other point. Uh, what is that? As well as our manned ships being grounded, our unmanned projectiles are being grounded too. It's quite ridiculous. Typical bureaucracy. There's a moon probe should be on the launching platform now. Why can't we go ahead with that? I did have a word with the PM about it, but uh, I'll mention it again. Thank you. Even projectile will give my staff a little encouragement and perhaps some hope for the future. I quite agree, uh, yes. Uh, well, 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 now, if you'll just show me uh, where your phone is, I'll uh, speak to the Prime Minister right away. So much for the engine room, Bob. Yes. As far as I can see, Cromer was telling the truth about the controls. The only way we could change the ship's course would be by using a socking great shifting spanner on those compression valves. And where would that get us? Well, by opening the starboard jets, we might be able to turn back towards the Earth. The chances are we'd either burn up in the atmosphere or shoot past without even getting into orbit. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I know I am. You can't maneuver a spaceship by playing around with valves and spanners. To interfere with the automatic pilot would be just as dangerous. So whether we like it or not, 
we shall be seeing the Unity Moon Base. Yes. The old pipe dream comes true. And it had to happen this way. Well, at least we don't have to worry about how we get there. No. Our worry is how we're going to get back. Come on. Better go to the cabin and see what's happening. Ah, Captain Britton. Have you satisfied yourself that everything is as I said? Yes. No luck, sir? No. What about the radio? That's uh, a complete write-off. Can't do anything with it at all. Why is the computer clicking? As this is still a test flight, I'm checking stresses on the hull. Well, I hope you're satisfied with the result. Yes. Everything appears to be in order, despite the fact that my engineers were unable to make a final check before takeoff. And you will be interested to know that we are following the predicted moon course. What happens if we don't? The error would be put right by radio control from either the Earth or Moon headquarters. They are tracking us right throughout our journey. You once told us that all your ships are fitted with deflectors which screen them from ground tracking stations. Yes, from your stations, not from ours. Yes, but if we could turn off the deflectors, there's a chance we might be spotted by Woomera. Where's the switch, Kramer? There is none. The screening device and the deflector aerials are integral parts of the hull. Excuse me, sir. Yes, Hickey? When we came aboard, I noticed some short aerials up on the forward part of the hull. That's certainly not radio. Now, they could be the deflectors. Yes, the radio array is further out. No, you're mistaken. I don't think so. You're onto something, Hickey. Now, if I went outside with a cutter... Those aerials belong to the intercom. If you had said they were part of the navigation system, I might have believed you. Yes, he slipped up there. Well, what's your plan, Chief? Well, I'd like permission to go out and nip off those rods flush with the deck. Permission granted. I'll come with you. No, you don't have to, sir. I, I did plenty of underwater salvage work and demolition when I was in the Navy. <laughs> this lark isn't all that different. You mean you'd prefer to tackle it by yourself? <clears throat> well, uh... It is a one-man job, as you might say. <laughs> and you know exactly how to do it, eh? Well, I should do by now. Uh, some cutting equipment in one of these lockers. I saw it when I was having a scout round. Ah, yes, this is the stuff. Look out, laddie, the gear's floating all over the cabin. That gas cylinder nearly brains. Oh, sorry, Captain Mack, I forgot about zero oh, gravity. Don't let your enthusiasm run away with you. If I let you do this job alone, you must keep in touch with us by helmet intercom all the time. You understand? Aye, aye, sir. And check your spacesuit. Now, don't worry about the gear. We'll collect it for you. <laughs> uh, I'm all set, sir. The suit's okay. Good. Close your helmet and check intercom. I'll turn on my own throat mic so that I can keep in touch with you. Helmet closed. Oxygen okay. Checking intercom. One, two, three, four, five. Can you hear me? I'm not closing my helmet, but the intercom should be working. Yes, loud and clear. Open the airlock for him, Mac. Okay. Got everything you want, Hickey? Yes, sir. Right. In you go. Good luck, chum. Thanks, Bob. And don't forget to make your lifeline fast before you step through the outer hatch. <laughs> no, I won't. This is where old Hickey comes into his own. Yeah, it's rather like leaving a shop. Hello, control cabin. I've opened the outer hatch. I'm stepping out. Is your lifeline fixed? Yes. I'm moving on to the deck. You know your magnetic boots won't react to all the plates. No, I know, sir. We can hear your thumping great footsteps in here. Are you all right, Chief? Yes. Just looking at the earth. It's like a big green ball. Funny to think that's home. Yes. What's wrong? Off the deck. Using my jet pistol to get back now. That's better. 
I can't believe we're traveling around 25,000 miles an hour. Seem to be standing still. But the moon's a lot closer. You found the deflectors yet? Yes, I can see the ones that are in the sunlight, but can't see anything in the shade, not even my hands. Inky black. I'm going to turn on my helmet light. I started working now. I've got the heat cutter working. How are you feeling, Hickey? A bit queasy, sir, but getting over it. Good man. Uh, cutter's going through these rods like a knife through butter. Oh, wow. What's up, Hickey? The metal I've just burnt through is shining like a diamond. That's because there's no air to oxidize it. Blooming welder's paradise, this is. Hello, Hickey. What was that? Uh, must have been one of the rods. After I cut through them, they just stay put, so I have to throw them away. The last one hit the deck. Ah, uh, those little rods will stay with us like pilot fish. Yes, all the way to the moon. Grammer, what's the idea behind this moon base of yours? It provides me with a valuable source of raw materials. And a place of retreat in the event of my earth headquarters becoming untenable. So you realize that your plans for world government might not come off? No. I'm merely prepared for minor setbacks. But with a base on the moon, I can't see why you're so interested in assembling Orbiter X. After I have established the world government, the space station will be enlarged as part of the second stage of my master plan. And what is that? Only my very nearest associates know. Hello, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, Hickey. Well, I seem to have finished the job, but I'm just checking up to make sure I haven't missed anything. Good. Strange to think that the boys at Woomera might be seeing us on their tracking screens now. Uh, don't be too optimistic. Could be ours before they pick us up. Might not even pick us up at all. We're a pretty small target. Mm, don't let Hickey hear you say that. Break his heart. Hello, sir. We're all clear. I'm entering the lock. Fine. I'm surprised that Kramer isn't more upset about this, Bob. Yeah, so am I. I suppose he realizes there isn't much the Earth Voice can do, even if we are spotted. I don't know about that. At least we'll have broken his screen of secrecy. Oh, here comes Hickey. Well done, Chief. What's it like out there, Chief? I'll just wait till I get my helmet off. <sighs> well, you're not cramped for space outside. <laughs> Let me take that equipment for you. Thanks. I think I've done the trick. I'm afraid you've just been wasting your time, Hicks. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, Hickey, it's about time you had some rest. No, sir, I'm all right. Now, listen, there's still a long way to go yet. We'll divide ourselves up into three watches. Mac, would you like to take the first one? Sure. I'll take the second, and Hickey can sleep right through until it's time for him to take over from me. Oh, that's very good of you, sir. I'll tell you what, I'll give you both a call when breakfast is served. Oh. 